and so we don't have much time, so let's dive into God's Word together. The question today is, why do bad things happen? Why do so many bad things happen? Why is life so hard? Why is it so difficult for so many of us? Why do bad things happen to good people? These are really difficult questions to answer, and there are no easy answers. Even when we look at the world, there are no easy answers to the pandemic. There's no easy answers to racial injustice. There is no easy answers in our political division. There are so many problems in our world. There is so much trouble in our lives. There's no easy answers. And, and sometimes when there's not an easy answer available, a story helps us to understand what's going on a little bit better. Maybe that's why Jesus told so many parables, so many stories. And so today we're going to look at a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Jared just read it for us on screen, but if you have your Bibles, you can look at it there, there's a farmer that goes and he sows good seed into his field. He sows wheat into his field. Then in the middle of the night, an enemy comes and sows weeds or tares into the field. And they look exactly like wheat as they grow. No way to distinguish between the two of them. And it was something that was so dastardly that that was punishable by law in Jesus' time if somebody did that to someone else. And so that's the story that we have, that there was a farmer who sowed good seed and then an evil enemy that came and sowed tares. So the workers wake up, they realize what's happened, and they're like, do you want us to pull out the weeds that were sown by the enemy, but the farmer says, no, we, we can't do that because if we start just tearing things up, they look exactly the same. It's, it's, we're going to pull the good up with the bad, and so we have to wait for the harvest. They needed to be patient. They needed to wait until the true nature of each plant would come to fruition, and then they would know. Because there was a distinguishing thing at harvest. They would look the same almost their entire life, but as the harvest got nearer, the wheat had substance. It had kernels, and the wheat would begin to bow down almost to the ground because it was so heavy. And so they would know, well, that's the wheat. That's the thing of substance. And the weeds that looked like the wheat... But they were just weeds. They were light. They had no substance. Then they could be torn up and they could be burned. And so they had to wait till the harvest. Now, most parables that Jesus tells, he just tells and walks away. And we have to look for the main point, And then we apply the main point to our life. And, and we understand that Jesus was telling us a story or an illustration like we get in a sermon. So so we take that point away. But once in a while, he would actually explain the parable. And in this parable, he decides, I'm going to explain it a little more fully. And those who have ears, let them hear. And so Jesus says there is kingdom growth. 
There is growth of the good seed. God sows the good seed. There is good in this world from God. But there's also evil in this world from an enemy. And that enemy is the devil. It's very clear in this passage of Scripture as Jesus is pointing out that the enemy is sowing evil and good and evil will coexist until the final judgment. That just as there was seed in the field, there was good seed and bad seed, so it will be in the world. There will be good and evil until the very end. Why doesn't Jesus just take care of everything now, right? If there's so many problems in our world, and God's all-powerful, right? Why doesn't he just deal with it now? Why doesn't he just take care of everything now? Well, we learn some things from Jesus in this passage of Scripture, and the first thing we learn from Jesus is patience. That God is patient. There's a story in Luke chapter 9. Uh, Jesus wants to travel through Samaria to get through Samaria um, so that he can, he can go to Jerusalem, and it's a, the shortest distance. And a Samaritan village comes out and says, no, Jesus, we don't want you coming through here. You've got to take the long way. Not only is that inconvenient for Jesus, that is a slap in the face. And the disciples are so angry with this Samaritan village that James and John says, let us call fire down from heaven on this village. Let's just wipe them out right now, God. Take care of the evil right now. And Jesus says, no. He rebukes his disciples and he walks around the village. And what we see Jesus as he walks towards Jerusalem, as he walks toward the cross, he walks in peace and in patience. Every step of the journey of Jesus here on this earth and in the age in which he lived, Jesus is kind of walking in peace and patience. Why doesn't Jesus just take care of it right now? Why do we have to wait? The reason is, is because Jesus tells us exactly why he came. John 3.16 is probably the most popular verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world. But you go to John 3.17 and Jesus continues the story. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus didn't come to condemn right now. He didn't come to judge right now. He didn't come to, to take care of business right now. The business he was taking care of was our salvation. And I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful for God's patience. Because if you think about it, and you think about it honestly, if God wiped out all the evil here on this earth, you and I would be gone too. The Bible says God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to know him. That that's God's heart, and, and God cleans us up, and he makes us new, and gives us that new identity, and plants us as good seed in the world. But truth be told, if, 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 if even before we came to know Christ, there are things that we did that we should just be wiped out for, right? Yeah. So we have to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you came to seek and save the lost. Thank you, God, for your saving power. Thank you for your patient love. And that's how God acts right now. Now, God will judge someday, but God is not sloppy in his judgment. 
He told in the story they didn't want to go out and just start pulling things up because he didn't want to pull up the good with the bad. He didn't want that type of judgment to happen. And, and a lot of times people ask me, when something happens in our world, maybe a natural disaster like an earthquake or a tsunami, or maybe something even like the pandemic we're going through, people ask me, do you think this is the judgment of God on this group of people or on this nation or on our nation? Do you, do you think this is the judgment of God? And I almost always answer, no, I don't. I don't think it's the judgment of God because the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. There are good things that happen to bad people and bad things that happen to good people. That's just what happens in our life. And God is not sloppy in his judgment, like sending a pandemic so that, you know, we, we can start taking care of a few things here on this earth. God doesn't do that. The devil sowed evil. He sowed sickness. He sowed, the, the bad things in this world are not sown by God. They're sown by the enemy. And we have to realize that. That's what Jesus is telling us in this story. And God's heart for you is good. He loves you. He wants to say, he will use even the bad things like a pandemic to do something good in your life. He, he will do that because he uses the bad for good. And I, I wanted to say this because a lot of times we think some things are happening in our life because of something that we did. And so I don't know who this is for, if it's somebody in here live or somebody watching online or listening to me later. God's not out to get you. He's not out to destroy you. Sometimes when something really bad happens in our life, we think, yeah, I deserve this because I did this like 20 years ago. And, and we, we try to think like, okay, well, God's just paying me back for that right now. And I, I just want to say, no, no, he's not. God loves you with an everlasting love. I'm not saying that bad things won't happen. Bad things do happen to good people, but, but I know that God is not judging you. God loves you with an everlasting love. He's reserving judgment. That's a later thing. That's down the line. Right now, God is patient. He is full of mercy for all of us. There will come a day when he judges, and that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we know there's a judgment day that all of us will stand before God in judgment. We know that that day is coming. It's just not yet because the judgment of God was actually poured out on Jesus on the cross. The payment for evil, the payment for sin, the payment, that punishment that had to be paid was paid by Jesus. You don't have to pay that. Now, are there natural consequences to sin? Yes, there are natural consequences to sin that sometimes come up in our life, but, but that's not God judging you. God loves you, and God wants to restore you and use that in your life. So what do we do? How do we live this life out? If we know the judgment is coming and God will take care of the bad things later on, how do we make it through life right now? How do we get through the hardships and the evil that we see in the world right now? Well, look at James chapter 1. It says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. 
What God is saying is that, look, there are bad things that happen in your life, but but the trials actually expose what's really going on inside of you. And God says, I want to work something inside of you. I want you to count it as joy. I want you to see it as a good thing when you go through a difficult time because I'm actually producing character inside of you. I'm producing something strong inside of you. I'm, I'm doing a perfect work inside of you when difficult times come. So we find ourselves in a difficult time, right? We find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic. And all of a sudden, some things start ex- getting exposed in our life. All of a sudden, we, we, we start to see some attitudes of our hearts, and we see things personally or relationally in our life that aren't, aren't the best because all of a sudden, life isn't easy anymore. It's a lot more difficult. I've lost my job, or, I, or I've lost a bunch of money, or life is just hard right now. It's just difficult right now. So many things have been taken away from me. And when things are taken away from us, it really begins to expose what's going on in the inside. And God says, I want to produce something good inside of you. So even though I didn't put this on you, even though this wasn't my plan for the world, I'm going to use it for my glory. God's going to redeem the things in our life. He is going to bring about good if we let him. We have to yield ourselves to him and say, God, I I want you not just to pull up the weeds from my life, but, but Lord, to produce character through the weeds in my life. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those called according to his purpose. So I know God's at work doing something good, so instead of cursing the weeds, I should start to learn and grow. And, and the, as, as time goes on, the weeds will be exposed and the evil will be exposed and the true character, the true nature will be exposed and you want your true character to be exposed and, and we want our character to be faithful, right? Faithful to God. And I think that, that right now is that moment of testing, that moment in our lives where, where we're kind of even pushed harder than we want to be pushed and a lot of things are showing up and, and kind of lines are being drawn, hearts are being exposed. I think heaven's taking notice right now. And we need to be faithful. We need to be strong in the midst of difficult circumstances. We need to go to God no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. We don't need to freak out. We don't need to go run and hide. You know where faith is built? Faith is built in the battle. You know you have faith if you have faith in the midst of the battle. And I've heard it said before that Jesus can't be your everything until he's your only thing. And sometimes we need to strip away all the things that we've been leaning on and all the things that we've been hoping in and, and have just made our lives comfortable. And when we're stripped away, then we realize, okay, Jesus has to be our everything. We need to be genuine. We need to be full of integrity. We need to be people of character. And the evil and the trials and the testings of our life is there to produce those things inside of us. We need to be people who know God, people who know his word and live out his word in obedience. And something else I want you to notice in this passage of scripture when Jesus is explaining the parable that, that you are part of the good seed that God planted in the world. Did you, did you realize that when Jesus was talking? You go back and read it again. When he's explaining the parable, he goes, I'm planting you as good seed. Those are my saints. I'm planting you in this world. 
And, and he has given you gifts, and he has given you abilities, he has given you influence, he has given you a place, and he's planting you wherever you're at, and he's planting you as good seed in this world. Don't forget that, and don't doubt that either. God says, I'm planting you in this world for his glory. So realize that you have been planted for good and not evil. So don't do evil. Don't go in that direction. Go with the goodness of God. Go with his word. Do what he tells you in his word. The other thing to remember is this, that there are two sowers in this story. I wish there was only one. I wish it was just God sowing good things. Well, guess what? That's heaven. That's coming. Don't worry. That's all eternity. But in the story, there's two sowers. And in our world today, there are two sowers. There's God who's sowing good, and there is the enemy, the devil, sowing evil. And I think it's funny when we get surprised when evil things happen in our world. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that would happen. Really? It says it right here in the story that there is someone, and I think the devil is just working overtime right now. He knows the days are numbered. He knows it's almost over. He knows there is a, just a pit with his name on it. And so he's going to sow and sow and sow. John 10.10 reminds us that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's two sowers. One is sowing death, the other is sowing life. That's your choice. Life and death. Choose wisely. Choose life. We live in this tension knowing that God will be the ultimate judge. We we know that someday he will come to judge the living and the dead. And, and I believe, like I said, that everybody knows that uh, deep on the inside. Everybody that you know knows that. And that's why it's so important to talk about the coming of the Lord. And just as we had a word of the Lord this morning, I, I asked uh, when the pandemic started, and I knew we wouldn't be uh, meeting together regularly and so many people would be online that it would be Maybe we wouldn't receive the words of the Lord, but God doesn't stop speaking in the middle of a pandemic. So I emailed all the people that give words in our church. I said, hey, if the Lord speaks to you, uh, send it to me. I want to get it out to the church. And Dr. Paul Allen this last week, and um, uh, Dr. Allen's not here, but he's got surgery coming up, so he's, he's got to stay away from people for just a little bit. Um, but uh, um, just he, he had a word from the Lord that Judgment Day is coming soon that the Lord's return is very soon. And if you saw it on Facebook, uh, I, I put it there on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you can grab it. If you're not on Facebook, I have some copies in the lobby. You can take them. Um, but if you are on Facebook, try to, try to get it off of there. Um, but, but he was saying this, that the day of the Lord is at hand, that it is coming very, very soon, that we need to sound the trumpet, that the Lord is coming back, that we need to be ready, that there'll be no more messing around. We're called to be holy, have a heart after God, and connected with him. Because that's our only hope in the midst of an evil and lost world. It's like the Lord's going to come and he's going to set everything right, but you got to be right with him. And we're right with him because all of God's judgment was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And all you have to do is recognize that that was for you, to receive that forgiveness, to, to not do it your way, but to do it God's way, to follow Jesus. That's the only command Jesus ever gave us was to follow him. And so, so we lay our life down and, and we follow him. And when we think about all these things, we think about the coming of the Lord and Judgment Day, I go back to where we started in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. 
Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if you see there be any grievous way in me, lead me in the path everlasting. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? We're going to ask the Lord to search our heart. We're trying to end our services just a little bit early so we have a a time of prayer, but, but the Lord spoke earlier, and, and that's good. We, we need to hear the word of the Lord. We needed everything that happened. But, but for these last few minutes we have together, we're going to pray. And we're going to say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. I want you to know that God loves you this morning. He is patient. He is full of peace. He is full of love for you. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. He is crying out for you to receive him. He's crying out for you to follow him, to escape that judgment that is coming. And he's just, he's as patient as can be, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so today is the day of repentance. Today is the day that we stop complaining about how difficult things are, and we look to the God who sows good and sows love and sows mercy, because there will be a day that he comes and he sows justice and he will not be sloppy in his justice. But you don't have to experience the justness of God. You can be justified today just as if you'd never sinned by accepting Jesus into your heart today. All you have to do is, is just say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me of my sin. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. That's all you have to do. And so I just encourage you to lay your life down and say, God, I'm going to follow you and search my heart and know me. We're going to sing the song once again, Set a Fire. And I want us just to, to, to not sing along with the worship team. I just want you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed and just have this moment with God where either you're surrendering your life to him and, and you're just saying, God, I want to follow you. Forgive me of my sin. And, and I know there's many of you here, probably almost all of you here that that have prayed that prayer long ago and many times, that you need to pray the prayer, search me, O God, see if there's anything in me that needs to be removed. It's keeping me from you, keeping me from being, from being good seeds sowed into this world. So as they sing, just have that prayer.